0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf
1: Construction Roofing. All right, everybody, welcome back. We roll all the way till 3 o'clock today. Jim and Trent, you can always get on with us at 264-1700. Again, the line is 264-1700. Ryan Van Bibber is a frequent guest on this program. Uh we like it when he comes on. He covers the National Football League for SB Nation, and he joins us on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Ryan, good afternoon to you, pal. Hey, how are you guys? We're doing great. Uh the big story, at least around the National Football League now, where camps are opening, but there's a guy who is still not in camp yet. And Coughlin Kaepernick, the quarterback formerly of San Francisco, apparently now with Joe Flacco injuring his back, weightlifting, John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, has come out and said that he's going to add a quarterback. The rumor mill is swirling that it's Kaepernick. Can you bring us up to speed if you've heard anything on that?
2: Well, I mean, I haven't heard too much more than, you know, just that obviously he's a guy that's in consideration. It's somebody that Harbaugh, John Harbaugh knows pretty well because of his brother. It's somebody that the Ravens know pretty well because Greg Roman, who is an offensive assistant for the Ravens, uh, was excuse me the offensive coordinator for four years with Kaepernick's first four years of his NFL career in San Francisco. And you might remember those four years because that's when Colin Kaepernick was you know, the, had the most successful period of his career, and that's when you know the Forty ers went to the Super Bowl, the Harbaugh Bowl, as it were, that year. And and uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of connections there, and, and there's a lot of reasons it would make sense because if the if the Ravens are going to be without Joe Flacco for any significant amount of time, and that's a possibility, they're going to need a quarterback a little bit better than Ryan Ryan Mallett, who can you know because they have to win games. I mean, this is this is potentially the third year in a row that the Ravens would not make the playoffs, and they really can't afford to do that.
3: You mentioned that, and I personally am a big John Harbaugh fan. I think he's about as good as you're going to find. Has there been some things that haven't gone there? Absolutely. But last year they battled back. They get to at least 500. How much pressure is really on him? And And you mentioned it. They'd be looking at three straight years without the playoffs, four out of five years. And after making the playoffs, his first five seasons – a rough patch is—is uh, is the reality? Is without a playoff berth, John Harbaugh is going to be looking for work somewhere else. I, I don't
2: think so. I mean, you know, you have—it's—it's it's hard to be that rash with a with a coach who's been as successful overall in his tenure there, as Harbaugh has, and obviously, mean, you know, they won a Super Bowl with him. And 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 things have changed, I think you can certainly point to some stuff on the roster that's not really, uh, you know, that's that's sort of outside Harbaugh's. Soul control. I mean, it's not, you know, he can't control Joe Flacco's injuries. And where the contract that the Ravens gave Joe Flacco that's kind of limited them and what they can do with the salary cap for a couple of years now. And, you know, the retirements and, you know, the aging defense. I mean, obviously, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, they still had Ed Reed and Terrell Suggs was in the prime of his career. And it was just a different, you know, they haven't found adequate replacements for those guys over the years. So, It's not just Harbaugh that would be you know that's at fault for the Ravens struggles recently.
1: We're having a conversation with Ryan Van Bibber on the NFL. He comes to us on the Draft House fifty hotline. Okay, take me now to some of the training camps. They're beginning to open up a little bit. Any news that you have heard of interest since the training camps are started to open?
2: You know, right now everyone's just kind of looking, seeing what's going on. I mean, we've been kind of collecting the names of all the guys that are going to start the year on the pup list. I mean, Flacco is really the only significant injury that's happened so far. I mean, knock on wood, because somebody's you know somebody's team's going to get hit by the injury bug again before the season rolls around. But you know, I, the, the 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 things I'm kind of watching to start the season. I mean, none of the stuff's really surprising. But the two names on the pup list, and I know we've talked about them on the show before. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater, Minnesota and Andrew Luck in um, Indianapolis, because you know there's a chance that Luck might not be ready for Week One or even Week Two when the season rolls around, if you know he's at the far end of his recovery timeline. There, so you got that, and then you've got a couple kind of key holdouts. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell's not expected; he still hasn't signed the franchise tender offer yet, so he's not reported to camp and not expected to. Aaron Donald for the Rams hasn't reported to camp and is not expected to, because he's holding out to look for another deal. So. It's just, uh, you know, there are those typical camp situations, pup list, injuries, and holdouts that you kind of watch to start the year like this.
3: Teddy Bridgewater talked uh, for the first time in front of a news conference uh, 11 months after he had that devastating knee injury. Still doesn't know exactly when he's going to be back, when he's going to be able to be uh, cleared to play and practice completely. But as he continues down this path here, How close is Teddy Bridgewater back, and do you expect him? Kind of what's been out there. Start off on the pup list and and roll from there. Is that your expectation?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the safest course of action for the Vikings. And they really, like, I I think the smart thing to do is they're not in a situation where they, they have Sam Bradford. He's healthy. He's ready to start the season. They've upgraded their offensive line. They've added some offensive weapons. There's just no need to rush Bridgewater back on the field. And if, if I'm the Vikings, unless, you know, you can never predict in other injuries and things like that, that could happen. But if I'm the Vikings, I would just sort of plan on starting Bridgewater on the pup list to start the season. Now that, you know, you can't, he can't be with the team even for practice for the first six weeks of the year. But if you do that, then it also kind of, it rolls over a year of his contract and, you still have him under contract for 2018 and and otherwise, you know, if they, if he was ready to go in week one and they put him on the active roster, then you've got two quarterbacks and they're both going to be free agents in 2018. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a rostering kind of question that, that you have to factor into the recovery here. And plus it's just not good to rush the guy. I mean, they don't need to, like I said, and you know, his injury, it was well beyond just sort of your normal ACL tear. I mean, you know, they had to, take the guy off the field on a helicopter
1: if you remember yeah it was yeah that was trip yeah that was bad uh ryan van bibbers our guest on the draft house 50 hotline okay so i keep a close eye while trent and i do the show on twitter apparently mitchell Trubisky throws a long touchdown pass in chicago bears training camp and Twitter blows up with Bears people saying he's the greatest quarterback of all time.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you'd hope that a guy that gets drafted with a third overall pick can, you know, go out there and have a make some impressive throws in practice when you know they're they're still wearing their shorts out on the field. So I guess that's a good sign. I'm not, you know, I, I probably wouldn't take that as a as a changing of the guard from Mike Glennon to Mitch Trubisky just yet. Let's see. Uh, let's see how they look when they get the pads on
3: yeah it it's a long, long road still to go there. What do the bears do here? You know, with the expectations at least on a national scale pretty low, John Fox may be coaching for his job? How do you envision this season playing out and and is there any way that Fox will be back short of you know surprising and even if it's not a playoff bid, but they go seven and nine and they're in contention to December, or is uh there a chance that even with a a disappointing year, Fox could come back?
2: I mean, there's always a chance. I just, I I don't, I don't have high hopes for it. I mean, you go back to the draft and you look and they kind of scramble to cover this in the end, but like, you know, there, John Fox had no idea that they were going to make a trade up to get Trubisky. I mean, it's just like, you know, you get the feeling this is much more Ryan Pace's team right now than it is John Fox's. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, Chicago's been slow to kind of make the changes that they need to make. You, You know, the Cutler situation being the most obvious example of that. But, You know, we'll see. I mean, you know, they could always uh, surprise some folks, but I I just don't think right now you're going to see John Fox coaching in Chicago in 2018.
1: Uh, Let's go then to the Green Bay Packers, where is the heat kind of off a little bit just because camp is starting? Or is the heat really going to be turned up during training camp? Because I think Packer fans Packer personnel they expect so much of this team
2: yeah I mean you know what if I were a Packers fan I, I would be I'd not be real happy to start this season I mean you look at the I mean I, they did okay to kind of address the losses that they had on the offensive line but mm-hmm. I mean do you really feel as good about that offensive line without T.J. Lang you know on that unit I mean do you feel as good about the defense I mean they did some they made some good draft picks. I like what they did in the draft, but you know, you're expecting rookies to come in and, and compete right away. And you're expecting rookies to kind of make that defense um, something better than, you know, league average, where it has been kind of, you know, it's ceiling for the last few years. So they, you know, their controversial decision not to fire Dom Capers at the end of the season. I think that was kind of a mistake, but um, you know, change comes slow in green Bay, but you know, Aaron Rodgers in his thirties now, they've got a, it's amazing to me that in a league that is designed for offenses to score the way they score now, that the Packers haven't been more serious Super Bowl contenders since they won that year. So, uh, you know, to me, the heat should be on. I don't think it is probably on as much as we think it is. But you know, even look at Aaron Rodgers' comments this offseason. You know, he kind of fired a shot across the valve for Mike McCarthy, or more so uh, the front office, about, you know, free agency. And they got Martellus Bennett. And I think that's a heck of an addition for him. But, you know, there are other things that they need to do to to be Super Bowl contenders. And then I think if they're not in there this year in a normal world, that Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat.
3: Well, and this Packers team, you still don't know what the run game's going to be. They, they yeah. went out three running backs that they drafted. You got Ty Montgomery. And the thing is, Montgomery filled in so admirably last year. Now he actually gets to go through trading camp as a running back here.
2: What should the expectation level be for Ty Montgomery? I I think the expectation level should be high. I mean, he did some really impressive things. And, you know, to the offensive, to McCarthy and his staff's credit, they got creative with, with Montgomery in the running game a little bit there, too, because they didn't have – I mean, part of Rodgers' struggles at the beginning of last season, the first four – or five games of the season, Aaron Rodgers was sort of less than a superhero on the field that we're used to seeing. But, you know, part of those struggles is because they did not have an intermediate game. And when you don't have a way to push the chains and a way to challenge defenses in that, you know, zero to six yard range from the line of scrimmage, it's hard to make the rest of the stuff work. You know, the downfield passes to Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and those kind of things that you're used to seeing. So, you take that away, and it's a much more limited offense in what they can do. So I think that, you know, with Montgomery in a better situation at running back overall this year, that they can kind of – they can go into the season with a ground game in mind and know that they have that card to play to move the chains, and they don't have to wait until, you know, the last play of the fourth quarter for Aaron Rodgers to throw a Hail Mary to win the game.
1: Uh, Ryan, take me now to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um uh... They got Patrick Mahomes under contract, the quarterback that they drafted. But there are a lot of rumblings coming out of there. What what do you th- see right now for the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs as uh, practice gets underway for them? I, you know, I still think
2: they're in pretty good shape. I mean, I know that was sort of a weird time of the year to fire your general manager with Dorsey yes. like that. But, I mean, I, I think that there's a plan and there's some continuity with bringing in Beach, you know, to take over like that. So. That's a positive. I mean, you know, they obviously the Chiefs, you know, Dorsey's been a great personnel guy, but under Dorsey's general manager, they didn't do a great job with the cap. And I think, you know, I, I think I see the Chiefs as a team that can win double digit games this year. I see the Chiefs as a team that, you know, maybe they're not as they're not, you know, like the Patriots that you in such a slam dunk pick for the Super Bowl, but they're one of the few teams in the AFC that I would legitimately consider a Super Bowl contender. So, you know, I think they're in good shape this year, but, you know, the Dorsey question speaks to what the Chiefs are going to be in 2018. I mean, it's smart that they got Mahomes because I think it's time to start thinking about moving beyond Alex Smith for the future, and that's a good start. But, uh, you know, they've got other cap questions they're going to have to deal with after this season. So I think the Chiefs really are in, in that win-now window as opposed to, you know, they've got an eye and eye to the future, obviously, with Mahomes, but they got to win this season. And I think they're well-positioned to do that. You know,
3: another thing that the Chiefs have talked about is, and especially Andy Reid, different ways that they can get Travis Kelsey involved. And you know, the wide receiver group, it doesn't doesn't look like your standard wide receiver group of an NFL team out there, you know, with no more backlin, uh, the, the diminutive size on the outside. You've got to find ways to get Kelsey involved. What more, though, can they do and make him their, their Gronk light, if you will?
2: Well, you know, I think you've got to do what New England does with Gronk. I mean, you don't see... I mean, where Gronk catches the ball and the kind of routes he runs aren't significantly different from week to week. But what you do see a little differently, that the Patriots do well and do better than anybody else in the NFL. So it's not the easiest thing in the world to copy. But, I mean, they're really smart about where they line Gronkowski up. I mean, he's not always lined up in the typical tight end position. Sometimes you see him in the slot. Sometimes you see him out wide. I mean, they do a really good job disguising in that offense, and even though he's going to run a seam route or even though he's really still just going to kind of run a six-yard hitch route, you, from a defensive perspective, it's really difficult to tell because it may be the same route he's running in the same play, but he's lined up in a completely different spot, and that really challenges the defense and challenges the defensive coordinator. And the Chiefs can do more of that with Kelce. I think they've got a, a great situation on it.
1: Ryan Van Bibbers, our guest on the Draft House 50 Hotline as we talk the National Football League. As far as teams that are now opening up their, their camps, I just saw, I think it's Antonio Brown, uh, just arrived at the training camp of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you see this, by the way? In a classic convertible Rolls Royce. I didn't. I haven't
2: seen it yet. But Antonio, I mean, as soon as you said Antonio Brown arrived at camp, I knew that it was going to be something funky like that because he always does that. He's got kind of a a reputation for uh, his training camp arrivals have become the stuff of legend here.
1: It's a wild time. Uh, it's, it's it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <when> <laughs> at least it's, it. what, who was that?
2: Uh, I forget who it was. Whose mom dropped him off at training camp <laughs> this year? So <laughs> it's a little bit different than that, I guess. <laughs>
3: Oh, I love it. Love that stuff. Hey, Ryan, as always, good catching up with you. we got training camps going on. It's a busy time, a good time, as we got NFL right around the corner and, and an actual game next week. How much of that uh, monstrosity are you going to watch?
2: <laughs> well, I'll say this for the Hall of Fame game. The first quarter is the most exciting quarter and the only quarter of the preseason I really care about. So. <laughs>
1: So do we. That's all we'll watch, too. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. We'll talk to you.
2: Now, the speeches on Saturday should be pretty interesting, though.
1: So. I agree with you there. I'm really looking forward to Kurt Warner's speech, you know? I, yeah. I really yeah, am. Yeah, sure. I really want to hear. And I think I saw where Warner is going to be the last one to talk, too. Oh, cool. That's great, because... I'm looking forward to him.
2: I mean, you never know what Jerry's going to say. I mean, that could be. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hope they have the bleep button ready at least. So.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Have a good day. <laughs>
2: Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.
1: That's Ryan Van Bibber. He comes to us, of course, on the Draft House Fifty Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des You know, Trent, it's funny. Uh, when they were debating about who was going to speak last, I think most people thought that it was going to be Jerry Jones. And then when they came out with the order, it is going to be uh, Kurt Warner. So that'll be pretty interesting. And I think it'll probably be very emotional when he starts to detail his story and then how he was able to make it big in the National Football League.
3: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be an interesting one to see. Exactly how this all goes down, and uh, I- I'm, I'm excited for Kurt Warner. There were plenty of people out there that didn't think, even after he burst on the scene with the Rams, that he would ever get to that level. And, and the disaster that was his years in New York and how poorly that went, you know, the hand injuries that he had, the fumbling problems, to bounce back and resurrect his career in Arizona. Boy, an incredible story. To go on top of the incredible story just to get to the point
1: that he originally was. Absolutely correct. Uh, quick break. When we come back, we're going to switch to Major League Baseball. This is going to be a lot of fun. Trent, Trent's team is in the tank. Yep, it's over. The Kansas, Yep, uh, it's over. It's done. The Kansas City Royals are rolling. So are the Dodgers. So are the Nationals. And will the Cubs start to be mentioned in that same breath now with those teams that we just did mention? zach reimer on the way on the big talker 1700 the big games play here
0: westwood one sports on des moines station for news talk sports 1700 kbgg
4: at wolf construction we do many large construction projects across the midwest but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. As many of you know, severe weather and hail swept through central Iowa and the Des Moines metro. Wolf Construction was here long before these storms and we will be here long after. We're much more than a pick up and a ladder. A roofing team is here to serve you for years to come. With our one day get it done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Do you have building projects to be done around the house? My husband and I are going through quite the home renovation. We realized we are always borrowing a trailer from a friend for hauling furniture, picking up building supplies, and trips to the dump, if it was available. We found LaCasey Trailer Sales in Grinnell. Josh showed us all the options LaCasey Trailer Sales had in stock. Cargo, utility, and equipment are just a few. Josh helped us decide which trailer worked best for our needs. LaCasey Trailer Sales in Grinnell had exactly what we were looking for, and affordable pricing. Visit LaCasey Trailer Sales and Truck Accessories or call 641-990-2674. I'm glad we went with LaCasey, and you will be too. Get fired
0: up for excellent savings during Menard's Red Hot Sale. Spend more time enjoying your deck and less time maintaining it with UltraDeck. Deck. Ultra Deck is low maintenance composite decking that has the look of real wood without all of the upkeep. Ultra Deck Rustic is available in 8, 12, and 16 foot lengths with four color options to choose from. It's only $149 a linear foot after rebate. 20-foot lengths are also on sale now during Menards Red Hot Sale.
2: Save big money at Menards.
0: Can you finish this little ad phrase? You're in good hands with... Right, most people know it's you're in good hands with Allstate. But this message isn't about insurance. It's about how your memory works. Why is it you remember certain ad messages and literally hundreds of songs that you never set out to memorize? That's the power of sound. It can make a good tune or a good idea stick. Now here's a question. Would you like to learn the five secrets of making a message for your business sticky, you know, memorable and powerful? Then just call us and ask to speak to our ad strategy manager. He'd be glad to share them with you, no obligation. The good thing is, with radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then when someone's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio, the power of sound.
5: Hi, this is Clint Burkall. If you'd like to learn the five secrets of a powerful campaign, just call me here at the station, 331-9200. We are glad to share them.
0: now. Switch to DirecTV today and start enjoying the nation's number one satellite TV service. Call Rockstar Satellite at 515-262-STAR. That's Rockstar Satellite at 515-262-STAR. For 24-month TV
5: and 12-month internet agreements and combined billing, new approved customers only must remain active and in good standing on all services or then prevailing rates apply in second year. Pro-rated ETF up to $480 for TV, $180 for internet. Equipment non-return fees and conditions apply. Call for details. Offerings one twenty-one seventeen.
0: Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back in. We roll all the way till 3 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 1700. By the way, you can always join the show at 264-1700. Again, that's 264-1700. Uh, Ryan Van Biber was great on the NFL, but now we're going to switch gears and head to Major League Baseball. Zach Reimer, Bleacher Report on Major League Baseball, is our guest on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Zach, how are you, pal?
7: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, Zach, let's start right now with the Chicago Cubs uh, because of the interest that is here in Des Moines on the Cubs, of course. have In your estimation, have they flipped the switch, or is this nice little winning that they have done right after the All-Star break going to end up as a bumpy ride the rest of the way?
7: I want to say they flipped the switch. I mean, if you look at how they've been winning games, it's really been a little bit of everything, kind of reminiscent of last year where the offense is cranking out runs, the starting pitching's been good, and the bullpen's been shutting it down, uh, which was kind of what we've been waiting for uh, pretty much everywhere and throughout the entire season. Uh, and it's the fact that it's finally happening now kind of gets you thinking that everything that went on in the first half of the season is now going to come bouncing back around the other way. It was just a bad first half, but now guys are finally going to start living up to their capabilities. Um, having Jose Quintana in the rotation certainly helps. So um, you know, it's certainly it has always been a winnable division. It did not leave them behind, and they remained a talented team throughout. So what we're seeing right now seems to be just the bounce back. Um, so yeah, I I'm I'm in. I think they're uh, they're for real. I mean. They won 103 games last year. They kept mostly the same team, and here they are.
3: They have uh, taken over there in the Central, the division. you got the Cardinals starting to play a little bit better. The uh, Pirates, before the last couple of days, off to a good start in the second half. They still appear to be the class, but you look around at what happened today with the Nationals, the way that they can hit, the bullpen improving there, and, of course, the Dodgers. What more needs to be done, or... Is it worth it when you look at the way both those teams are playing for the Cubs to make any more big, significant moves before the deadline?
7: You know, it really comes down to what do you need to beat the Dodgers? Uh, you know, they're so good. Like, it really cannot be overstated how good they are. They've played 102 games, and they're already 40 games over 500. And they're a team that is literally good at everything. They have good starting pitching. They have a great offense. They have a really good bullpen. They field the ball really well. Um, so the question is, what do you need to get past them? So the Nationals, it's pretty obvious. They have the lineup. They have the starting pitching. They need the bullpen. With the Cubs, you know, you just sit there and go, maybe they just need to do what they've been doing since the All-Star break. Because we know that, you know, this, like we were saying earlier, this is pretty much the same team from last year, and last year's team was really good. Uh, and maybe they don't end up with a great record this year, but they could be like the 2000 Yankees who won 87 games the regular season and just took off in the postseason because they were the Yankees. You know, if the Cubs are going to do something, maybe an extra reliever. I know they've been in talks about or in rumors about Justin Verlander and Sonny Gray you Darvis, these big starting pitchers. I'm not entirely sold they need another starting pitcher. But
1: okay.
7: you know, I think that really they have mostly what they need. So I think it's more so just get into the postseason and let the chips fall where they may and maybe you have a shot.
1: Uh Zach Reimer's our guest on the Draft House fifty hotline. Zach, you reference Sonny Gray. He seems to be the target of just about any team that is looking to be in the playoff run, where is he going to end up in your estimation?
4: Uh,
7: it's a tough one. I mean, his trade value is is a puzzle, to say the least. You know, it, it all sounds good on the surface. He's controlled through 2019. Uh, he has a great track record. He's been pitching pretty well lately before that hiccup in Toronto earlier this week. Uh, but also the injury problems, and, you know, he's not a very big guy. You do wonder how he's going to hold up and the price tag and all that. So it really is going to come down to which team can afford to gamble on his upside. And when we say afford, we mean, you know, not only has the prospects to do it, but also has the standing in the postseason race that he could really help. To me, I just, I get the sense that that's going to be the Yankees. Their farm system is absolutely loaded, and it has players that would fit the needs in oakland and you know they're another team that's in the winnable division especially with the red sox kind of treading water the way they are and who are going to be getting better in the next couple of years so they're a prime candidate for sonny gray they're supposedly very interested in him it just seems like a match waiting to happen and they could potentially use a great trade to get yonder alonso for their problem at first base so it just makes too much sense
3: zach uh, i'm gonna quiz you here just for a moment Do you know who has the third-best run differential in the National League?
7: Uh, That would be the Diamondbacks, right?
3: You are correct on that one. Of course, we don't watch a whole lot of Diamondback baseball back here in our Midwest outpost. 15 games above five hundred, lost in the shuffle just because of what the Dodgers are, though. They lead for that first wild-card spot. Tell us how good this Diamondbacks team is, and... And if they're built to perhaps win come playoff time?
7: You know, they're a very interesting brand of good. I think, uh, you know, maybe it's just me, but I want to look at them as kind of an offensive juggernaut just because they have these names like Paul Goldschmidt, Jake Lamb, A.J. Pollock, David Peralta is really good. But offensively, they're kind of fair to Midland. They're just okay. What really made the difference for them this year is that their pitching has just made this drastic comeback compared to where it was last year when they couldn't get anybody out. I mean, that has been great. Robbie Ray's having a great year. Tywon Walker is breaking out. Archie Bradley has become kind of a modern, uh, fireball, uh, relief pitcher. So they're just a, a quality, well-rounded ball club and that they kind of do everything right. They were, they're not certainly not on the level of the Dodgers or last year's Cubs, but just a really well-rounded team that, uh, you know, it just has a few weak spots. So that's how you get a run differential like that. You just play really good baseball.
1: Are the Washington Nationals going to be the team that will eventually emerge out of the National League? Are they good enough to beat the Cubs and the Dodgers?
7: No. Um, no. I very fantastic team, but they're built more for the regular season than the postseason right now. You can't really, uh, that bu- that bullpen this year has been so incredibly bad. I very recently had the, t- the worst ERA in baseball. Uh, and if we've learned anything from recent postseasons is that you really need a good, a, bull- a deep bullpen. It is not optional. Because the starters go fewer innings and li- the innings that becomes more high leverage, you really need lockdown guys. Uh, the trade for Sean Doolittle and Ryan Madsen helps that but it's a start they need more and if they don't get go and get more then they're not going to get through the postseason especially if they come up against a team like the Dodgers so it's it's frustrating because they have everything they need to win a championship except for a bullpen uh, which really matters in October and really doesn't matter anywhere else so I don't think they can beat the Dodgers I don't even think they can probably beat the Cubs at this point
3: you know Zach uh, one thing I wanted to touch on with you today is team that I keep an eye on, my Twins. But uh, how interesting. There's reports out there that they may trade away Jaime Garcia before he even makes a start. He's scheduled to start for them tomorrow. How quickly it can change, going from buyers to sellers for a team in the mix. It certainly makes sense. We know the future is much brighter than the present for the Minnesota Twins here if you are there, if you got the, uh, the ear of the front office, what would you be telling them, a possibility of moving Irvin Santana, Jaime Garcia, and some of the other veterans? I heard another note about maybe Brian Dozier today. Your thoughts on the Twins and what they should do?
7: I think they should sell. I mean, you know, they hung in the race for a while, but I still think that division belongs to the Indians. I mean, they've been a really frustrating team, but now they're winning seven in a row, and I think they're going to take off. And not only that, the Royals, are kind they've won eight in a row as well. They're taking off. Uh, The Twins, you know, they've been good this year, but they've never really been great. And I don't think they have the upside to really make a run. So you might as well sell. And, you know, if that means flipping Jaime Garcia like a Mike Piazza or a Cliff Lloyd when you just get them, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe an Irvin Santana as well. Just whatever value you can get, because I do feel like their best days are in the future, but I also feel like their future could benefit from having some extra young guys in the organization that could help it out. So... You know, they've, the Twins have been a, a rough team for quite a while now, but there's light at the end of the tunnel, but they, I think they really need to go for it at this point.
1: Zach Reimer our guest on the Draft House 50 hotline. We're talking Major League Baseball with Zach. Zach, uh, a local kid here from the Des Moines area, Dan Jenkins, the left-handed pitcher of the White Sox, played his high school ball right here at Valley High School. Now the Sox send him to Tampa Bay, did you think that we would be having a conversation that the Tampa Bay Rays would be buyers instead of sellers?
7: You know, it's always a possibility because the weird thing about them is that they never have the most impressive team on paper, but they usually have solid depth. And it's weird that it seems like every year you look at the, uh, the the statistical projections for how the division races are going to pan out. And they usually like the Rays actually. So, you can never really rule them out, and this year they've just been a solid ball club. We kind of talked about the Dimebacks being a good kind of solid offensive team, solid pitching team. The Rays are in that same boat. Uh, so no, I'm not really surprised that they're a buyer, and I do like their chances uh, if not making a run at the AL East and certainly nabbing a wild card spot. And It could be an interesting team in October because Chris Archer is really good. Odorizzi and Cobb are pretty good starting pitchers as well, and that lineup is pretty deep, so Yeah, don't sleep on the Rays. They're a solid ball club.
3: Hottest team of baseball right now in terms of uh, straight wins is the Royals with eight consecutive uh, and a possibility of a trade happening there after that unbelievably bad start in April. It looked like the Royals and kind of the foundation of what took them to two World Series was going to be traded off. That's not the case. They're making moves. And up Francisco Liriano appears to be uh, a target that they're closing in on. Your thoughts on Liriano, if they can salvage anything out of him for this year, and just how good this Royals team. Do you give them a shot if they can make a push into the playoffs?
7: You know, Liriano is one of these guys. He's, he's not the most impressive get in a trade, but, you know, he's a solid pitcher. And at this stage in his career, he needs defense more than he did back when he was striking guys out left and right. His margin for error is not what it once was. You know, the high walk rate, the lower strikeout rate. So you go, you put him in a big ballpark like Coffin Stadium. you mean put him in front of a good defense like the Royals usually have, you could potentially squeeze some value out of him that wouldn't be there with other teams in other ballparks. So, sure, why not?
1: Zach, I'm really curious here about Kansas City. Trent and I had a conversation earlier, and we've been discussing them a little bit here. I wanted to pick your brain on it. Kansas City, they've got a lot of contract questions coming up uh, at the end of this season. Do they go for it now and then tell their fans after that, look, we're going to have to be like the Houston Astros for a year or two, and then we'll rebuild and come right back? Would fans understand that, wouldn't they?
7: I would hope so because that's how they got to where they are in the first place they this was a team that was bad for a long time but you know they were kind of ahead maybe not ahead of the curve but they were doing that before the Astros before the cubs building up a farm system you know uh, acquiring this really deep base of young talent and then graduating into the majors and going from there uh, and it worked there's no other way to put it it worked and you know not just from you their success, but the, now the success of the Cubs and the Astros this year, proving that you can have a few lean years in which you build up your prospect depth and then go for it after that. It works. That's kind of how you win in today's Major League Baseball. So I would hope that their fans can understand it. And, um, if not, at least accept that, you know, all good things come to an end and it was never going to last forever and just hope that, uh, this year, pans out and it sure looks like it's going to i mean they've really turned things around like you said since that slow april and right now they just look like a legit contender there's really no other way to put it
3: zach uh, last thing for me i'll let jim finish up with you here uh the white sox they they've gone the scorch earth kind of uh trade deadline uh <laughs> thought processes they're trading away everything they have a ton of prospects i'm not a huge prospect guy i just see the list and see seems like uh, about a quarter of them are white Sox guys right now the future, at least the people that follow the prospects say it's bright. Are you a believer in what they're doing?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of goes back to, this is just how you win in today's major league baseball. I mean, the star power in the last few years has shifted younger. You need a, a, a core of young stars that you need to develop yourself. And the white Sox are doing that. And they, it was, they didn't do that. Like they, it was like a, a, a modus operandi to not do that for many years where, they would go into drafts and not so much look for upside so much as they looked for guys who could help them in the immediate future. Uh, and for a decade basically, they treaded water and really got nowhere. To see them finally just accept that they need to go a different direction is refreshing and they're just, they're hitting all the right notes. Every single one of their trades that they've made has been just, uh, you know, they have not gotten a light return in any of them. So their farm system is absolutely loaded, not just with in terms of depth, but in terms of guys with star abilities, with like a Moncada, who's this really great athlete, or, or Eloy Jimenez, who literally has light tower power, Michael Kopech, who throws 105 miles per hour. So uh, if they don't squeeze a contender out of this in a couple of years, it'll be a it'll be an upset. Uh, anything else, you know, anything goes.
1: It's always good, pal, when you take a few minutes to be on the show. We always appreciate it, Zach. Have a great day, man.
7: It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: See you. Zach Reimer, Bleacher Report, Major League Baseball. You know, Trent, it's interesting how all of a sudden the really, really good teams, after we got past the all-star break, think about it, the Cubs, the dodgers although the dodgers were winning big even before mm-hmm. we we got to the all-star break but they have continued the washington nationals i, I mean it 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 just goes to show you uh, the the difference i guess in talent for say maybe the top 10 teams in Major League Baseball, and then the rest of the uh, rest of the league.
3: Yeah, there there is a a pretty big gap with those elite level teams, and and I think it's higher than that. I I think there are three, maybe four, five elite teams, and then there's a big gap after that. I, I think okay, you know, and the difference between the Dodgers and the Astros, and and maybe the Nationals and everybody else. I think there's a gap there too, but everybody in the American League, most everybody, feels like. Hey, with the right break, the right run, we're gonna be right there. We're gonna be a team that can to make a run into the playoffs. So you have that side of it. On the national league, after the uh the teams in contention right now, the Brewers aren't making the playoffs, right?
1: Uh no, they no. are not.
3: The Cardinals are not making the playoffs. Don't think so. The no, nope, they not. are not. We I don't think so. We know who the five playoff teams are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we like to think we're smart enough to know. Absolutely. Yeah. It Seems pretty easy. So that's the part of it that is a little different here is we haven't even hit the trade deadline and maybe not with a, a Sharpie, but at least a ballpoint pen. You can put down who the <laughs> National League teams are not in pencil. I think you can feel confident with a pen.
1: All right, I'm with you on that. Quick break coming up as we continue. And when we come back, oh, there was gold for the USA last night. Did you watch any of that game? What sport? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I thought, yeah, yeah. I'll get into that because I watch everything. Jimmy B and TC is the big talker, Seventeen hundred.
6: Hey, Des Moines, I'm Dave Ramsey. Join me every Monday through Friday from
0: 9 till noon. Courtesy of Mediacom Careers. On 1700 KBGG.
6: Get to JCPenney
2: for Black Friday in July. This Friday and Saturday only, find spotlight deals at Black Friday
3: prices, like 60% off select Arizona jeans, uniforms, Total Girl and Exertion apparel, and much more. Plus, this is the only time of the year you can stack on your coupon and save an extra
4: $10 on top of Black Friday prices. This won't happen again, so hurry. Black Friday in July and Saturday. That's getting your pennies worth. JCPenney. Coupon ballot 726 to 729 on select items in store and at jcp.com. Some exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.
1: Lots of things take 15 minutes, like sitting through a halftime show or running a very slow mile. Well, Buffalo Wild Wings wants to add one more to the list. The B-Dubs Fast Break Lunch. Order from this menu and you'll get your lunch in 15 minutes or it's free. So put in your order, count all the tiles on our ceiling and voila, 15 minutes and your food has arrived. Or it's on us. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports.
4: Valid for tables of 6 or last Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. At participating locations for dining. in only. Other restrictions apply. See participating location for details.
5: Everyone loves barbecue, especially award-winning barbecue. That's why Cute Smokehouse, the winners of TLC's Barbecue Pitmaster Season 2, opened up a place right here in town. Cute Smokehouse has daily specials made from scratch sides, desserts, and, of course, excellent barbecue. Cute Smokehouse has got you covered whether you want eat-in, take-out, or catering for your upcoming party or special event. Open 11 to 8 Monday through Saturday. Saturday and closed on Sunday. Find them at 245 East Hickman in Joaquin, across from Dairy Queen, and online at Cubesmokehouse.com. That's K-U-E-D Smokehouse.com. Get here early, because when it's gone, it's gone. And make sure you get in on the Cued Smokehouse sweet deal. This Friday morning at 9, you'll be able to get $50 worth of Cued Smokehouse certificates for only $25. Yeah, you heard right. Get $50 worth of Cued Smokehouse certificates for only $25. This sweet deal is sure to go fast, so get yours Friday morning at 9 at 1700kbgg.com. Afternoons,
0: We talk sports on 1700 KBGG with Jimmy B and TC,
1: Des Moines' savviest sports duo. The trick golf shot that I do have is when I hit it in the woods if I find it. If I find it in the woods, I'm good. I've seen you golf. A trick shot for you is hitting the green of regulation. There you go. Then
0: join former pro Bowl running back Tiki Barber and Brandon Tierney for the Tiki and Tierney Show and head into the evening with former registered sports writer Bill Ryder with Ryder Than You on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Jim Brinson, Trent Condon, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 K BGG, live from the Wolf Construction Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction
1: Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, final segment as we wind things down here on a uh, Thursday in the capital city. You can always get in on the show at 264-1700. Uh, Trent, last night, the Gold Cup game, the USA and Jamaica Mon uh, in soccer, and it was a terrific game to watch, and they played it uh, at the 49ers uh, stadium. Uh, in uh, Santa Clara, California, just south of San Francisco and right next to San Jose, there's a geography lesson. Thank you. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I Look, I know that you were watching baseball. I, I get it. Okay, but you can't do picture in picture. You know that, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I know that. I can okay. set up two okay. TVs. I can do that, too. But I, I was actually kind of interested in it, and to be honest, I forgot about it. The <laughs> it was on my dock, and it was kind of on my I, things to do last night and yes fell by yeah. the wayside sometimes you get a little too busy jimmy b those little two-year-olds they they don't stop for whatever reason
1: no i i got that yes uh fortunately i don't have that issue that you have with uh <laughs> with a rug climber all, hanging all over the uh place and chasing after you i will tell you this about the game uh, the two goals by the U.S., uh, Josie Altador scored the first one in the first half. Jamaica then countered in the second half to tie the game at 1-1. And then late in the game, Jordan Morris with a monster right-legged boot that he just drilled into the upper right-hand corner of the goal. Uh, of a very, very nice goal by the United States. And they were happy about it. I mean, they've got a right to be happy because now that they put Bruce Arena back in as head coach, it seems that they have become much more offensively minded and the United States team gets set to play in the Worlds again.
3: Well, uh, with that, Jimmy B., a couple other things I wanted to hit on. Speaking of kind of odd, you know, not mainstream things last night, did you see what happened out at the AAU event out in Vegas
1: it was a absolute basket case. The little gym that they were having this game in featuring Zion Williams, I think he's the number two player, uh, listed in high school for basketball. Mm-hmm. And then and then of course you get the big ballers showing up there with Lavar Ball and his kid LaMilo, uh, LaMelo uh Lamello Ball and LeBron James couldn't even get into the place. <laughs> yeah. He's in Vegas getting ready for workouts. He couldn't even get in. That's how crazy it was.
3: When Bron Bron gets turned away and they say it's not even worth it going in, you know it is a crazy environment. And you know who was there in the middle of the whole thing? No, who? Our friend Tom Kakerd, right in the middle. Wow. He was there, the uh, Iowa Barnstormers basketball program. They were playing. In fact, they played the game right before the big ballers uh, took over in their game against that team from South Carolina. So he was there, said he stayed until about halftime, and then he just had to get out of there. It was
1: too nuts. He couldn't see anything anymore. There just people standing in front of him. Wow. I mean, it was an incredible sight to see, and the cameras that were there, Trent. I, it's, I, I don't know what has happened all of a sudden. Has, has basketball just all of a sudden blown up? I mean, not only just the NBA, but the college kids and and the guys now that are seniors in high school and they'll matriculate into college in the next year? Has it just all of a sudden blown up just because there's more widespread uh, accounts of what's going
3: on? No, it seems that way. You're absolutely right. It, it does seem and kind of feel like that is exactly the way that everything is going and the way that you kind of look at you know, basketball and, and it continues to grow and we talk about The problems with baseball and the problems NFL, their numbers dipped back last year. Is that Mm going to continue this year? Basketball, there's no doubt, Jimmy B. I give you crap about the NBA, but it is ascending. As a whole, the sport as a whole, it's got that upward trajectory.
1: Yeah, it really does right now. And I think I think every sport kind of goes through that, trend every once in a while. It's probably a cyclical thing that takes place. And right now it's basketball's turn, the NBA, the colleges. Look, even the colleges are getting a lot more uh, pub right now, and people are more tuned in. I mean, look how much conversation that we have done on Iowa and Iowa State. And it wasn't all football like it normally is. There was a lot of basketball talk.
3: No, you're exactly right. You're absolutely right. So, Jimmy B., with that, uh, if you're not watching AU Hoops tonight, what are you going to be watching?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Very good question. What do I want to get into this evening? Cubs-White um, Sox tonight, finale of that one. I'm sure you'll keep an yeah, eye on that. Yeah, I'll have an eye on that.
3: I Arizona Is against un- the
1: Cardinals, pretty decent series. Yeah, that's a decent game. Is unlimited hydroplane racing on
3: tonight? <laughs> You'd be the one that, no, not me.
1: Yeah, I would watch that if it was on, but I don't think it is. So I'll probably just get uh, hooked in with a couple of baseball games, uh, and that'll probably do it for me this evening. Lock and load that in your Rockstar
3: Satellite tonight, as that's what we'll be watching. Jimmy B., we are out of time. How's it feel to be back in a full-time role?
1: Oh, man, this is wonderful. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I think that was a Saturday Night Live skit from a few years back. Hey, everybody, we are back again tomorrow, like it or not. You know where to find us right here. It's the Big Talker 1700.
0: 1700 KBGG is the Big Talker in Des Moines with Jimmy B and TC. Noon to 3, sports talk that rocks. 1700
6: KBGG. Hi, folks. Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out
5: That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-860-6565. That's
0: 800-860-6565. 800-860-6565. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at slugquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Switch to AT&T prepaid and get two months of free service with no annual contract on AT&T's network. Two months free, huh? You know, my wife wanted two months free. Then she jetted off to the Canary Islands and met some tennis pro named Sergio. Kevin? She doesn't even like canaries.
3: You want to stick to the script, please?
0: Right. Sorry, Dan. It's Don. Don. <clears throat> With AT&T prepaid, you can watch all of your favorite shows with no annual contract. Wow. No annual contract? No commitment at all? Remind you of anyone, Don?
3: Maybe your wife? Bingo. Can we wrap this up, Kevin?
0: Sorry, Doug. That's prepaid your way from AT&T.
3: Great.
5: Thank you.
0: Sure beats whatever Sergio's
4: offering.
5: Okay, that's it. I'm cutting the legal.
4: Limited time offer. Requires payment at activation. Taxes extra. Account must remain active on $45 or $65 plan and cannot lapse to get bill credit for 3rd and twelve months. Fees covered and other restrictions apply. Details at att.com slash prepaid.
6: Dave, what are you
5: doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck as a gift to Dave2037 so he can spend it on things like anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. Something cool like that. I think Dave2037 deserves it. He worked hard. What are you getting Steve 2037? I guess I was thinking Steve 2037 would just fend for himself. Well, alright. But don't expect to be borrowing my anti-gravity boots.
1: You wanna have money in your future? You gotta start saving
4: now. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401K can make a big difference later.
1: Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. For free ideas and easy ways to save, go to FeedThePig.org. That's FeedThePig.org.
3: Hey, let's just hope Steve2037 doesn't get
5: his hands on a cold time machine because he is going to come back here and knock some sense into you. This message brought
4: to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council.
0: 1700 KBGG, Des Moines, Accumulus Station.